another episode of Not Your Average Operator with me, Paul Miller McFadden, sitting here in the Middle East, mate. I know, the, I know you just love it when you hear me say those dulcet tones after the little laser pew pews and the chick singing Not Your Average Operator. Music done by Annie and Chezza back in the day. So here we are, episode 66, and uh, I've got my boy, Mike. He's joining us. He's not in his hometown. He's been off on an adventure. Where, where are you, Mike? What have you been up to? Well, right now, thank God, I'm not in the Middle East, Melon, because uh, <laughs> I, no, I'm, I'm, I'm up in uh, Pennsylvania. It was my cousin's wedding uh, this weekend, so uh, I was part of it. I was very honored to be asked to be a part of it. There was a few select jobs that she was like, hey, I'd like you to be in the wedding, but there's like three or four, and she's like, I, you know, I don't want to tell you, but I'll, I'll kind of let you pick. Well, to say the least, I thought the uh, entrance as uh, traditionally in traditional is the flower girl. Well, there was none. So I became the flower. You were the man. flower girl. Let me guess. No, no, the no, flower no. girl? I was the flower man. I'm just picturing and, uh, you in a little dress. <laughs> so I say that because, uh, as everybody knows, I, I'm pretty original. I don't like to be a copycat. And uh, so I like to come up with my own thing. And uh, I'll just I'll just leave it out there. Um, I'll show you later. Sorry to the public. You know, I won't show it as a private thing, but uh, I, I made it a flower man uh, for sure. And it wasn't some uh, dude in a little pouch sprinkling flowers around like somebody that like little soft and whatever. No, I made it pretty awesome. Uh, my cousin literally had to tell me. Hey, Mike, no helicopters. Okay. So (laughs) I I was going to go full bore, uh, bring in some helicopters, a possible hundred foot rappel out of the thing in order to bring in flowers and make my cousin's wedding the best wedding uh, she's ever seen. So uh, I was denied that, but I think I did a pretty good job and made her and my family proud and have a lot of fun to say the least. So See, when I think about you turning up like cousin... Mike, I'm picturing like Cousin Eddie out of good old National Lampoons, mm. turning up for Christmas vacation in the RV, pumping yeah. out some raw human effluent, you know, really, really <laughs> making the Griswolds happy that he's arrived. That's, that's what I'm picturing. Yeah, and now I'm you're like- telling me that you, you added a little bit more special. I heard a rumor that there might have been debt cord involved in the flower delivery. Uh, there was some uh, small explosives involved, yes, and the, <laughs> the effect work, minus the last one, uh, was a dud. Uh, I will say it was not my fault because you have to order these things, so I didn't make the I didn't make the demo. Uh, otherwise, it would have worked because I I always triple check my stuff, but it went off ninety five percent well. It was the delivery, as we all know, the, the delivery is the most important. The execution is what matters. I'm picturing uh, Heath Ledger dressed up as the nurse in uh, Batman, The Dark Knight, where he mm. walks out of the hospital with the uh, clacker to set off the detonation at the hospital. That's what oh, I'm picturing. A little, a little flower girl, flower girl Mike, with the freaking initiator in his hand. Oh, my God. Blowing you know, the whole church up. 
You know, spe- speaking of that, I, I just want to say, well, Raph's not here. He's uh, he's off doing what? some pro- professional development. See, look, this element. Uh, of- uh, 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 exactly. Yeah, that's all we hear out of him and how he carries the show and all this crap. Um, I'm going to I'm going to take the higher road. Raph is off doing professional development and working on a future job and getting his family and, and his life situated because we all know it's a complete mess. Um, I would like to respond to last week's show, the opening comments, because I was away. I took a weekend off to go to the mountains. And as I like to say, I need to disconnect to reconnect. All right. Disconnect from the, the world and reconnect with myself and um, you know, and relationships and everything else is just, you know, a reset, if, if you will. But um you know, I would like to say to Raph, uh, you know, he stated, oh, I'm tired of carrying the show. I'm glad he's not here. Uh, it's not like you're 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 carrying the show. You, you look more like a wounded chupacabra. OK, and it's very sad to watch and listen to. And, and I just want you to know that, Raph. Um, and then, Melon, you know, you're kind of you're kind of going off there a little bit. Well, nobody knows what half you're saying half the time anyway. So I, I, I just <laughs> dismiss that. And then Tony Sr. even kicked in. So, I know, I know. You know, you know that he was like looking at us at the start with his jaw hanging open. Like he's a, he's a well dressed, older sort of guy, quite respectable, very conservative dude. And he's sort of watching us for a while, and he thought, oh, you know, after about five minutes of it, he's like, oh, I guess this is what we do here. And he just took his took his gloves off. Yeah, well, I respect him, as everybody knows. But uh, Tony Senior, it's kind of like you have to be this high to ride this ride. Um, you have to be on at least four episodes to rip on me. So uh, not acknowledged, <laughs> not acknowledged. And I appreciate you, but, uh-uh. and, and you could have, you could have gone a little bit deeper and really try to apply a solid cut. That was kind of a, a half, a, a half attempt. We all, we all know all my mates in Australia who are listening to all the Aussie military guys, you know, that if someone compliments you, you know, that they really, really hate you. Yes. Yeah. You know, that's fair. That is absolutely fair. And when right. he's not here, you got to, you got to tear him a new one. Yeah. And I'll slow, I'll slow poke Espinosa couldn't get here. So, you know, he's wandering around Speedy Gonzalez's cousin with his stick over his shoulder and his belongings in a hanky on the end of it. Yeah. Or Seymour, I'm trying to find a new job to do, but I don't know where to go or nobody hire me. What do I do? Senor? Uh, poor old Tia. Anyway, I hope you're having a good time out there, Tio. So uh, the rest of it, though, you know, going back to last week, I really enjoyed your guys' show talking about the four pillars of manhood. And uh, I actually had a really great conversation this morning at breakfast with a lot of my family. And what? we talked about those things. And we also talked about the, you know, the episode, the second part with Tony Sr. about the wagon and the scout. And we, they were all asking because some of my family I haven't seen in a long time. It's been a couple of years and recent, you know, last year was just terrible and we only saw each other for three funerals. So it really wasn't the time to talk about a lot of really, you know, uplifting framework type things. It was more like holding together as a family. That was most important, but I really, I really enjoyed a lot of that stuff. Uh, and I did a self-assessment on myself uh, after listening to it and just thinking about, you know, what I took away from it was the four pillars of manhood, you know, recapping was a king, a warrior, a mentor, and a friend. And I've had times, I would say recently, where I feel like I'm firing on all four cylinders. And I know you guys kind of referenced that, but also too, I don't always want to be that. 
And I think some days, you know, we were talking about this morning is some days you need to wake up and assess what's in front of you. And you kind of have to tell yourself, Hey, I have to be more of a mentor today than, you know, a friend, or I have to be more of a warrior than, than a King, you know, and, and it, and it shifts day to day and having the ability to uh, shift from one engine to another, if you will, and apply more, apply more fuel to one side is, is going to get you through that challenge, maybe a little bit better instead of just, you know, one set fixes all, uh, all the time. I think you definitely have to be adaptable, but I really appreciated that, man. I, you guys did a great episode and uh, I enjoyed listening to it as always when I'm not part of it. Cause it's brand new and I don't know what you guys are going to say minus the banter. Uh, yeah. It's funny. I've, you know, I, I was having a bit of a hard time for a good couple of weeks um, about a month ago. And these three uh, episodes working on Stu Weber's Tender Warrior really, they've been like a really good solid interlocking um, conversation, reading and thinking, like not too many things to think about, just like a couple of key things. And I've got to tell you, I've, I've got a lot of clarity back in the first one, the first chapter being the wake up call and like, what's it all for? Like, what is your actual meaning? Like, what are you doing? What you're doing for? Get that that North Star again. And then thinking of the scout, not like don't read these chapters and identify with the hero. Like this is um, a, a challenge I heard or read during the week about, you know, if we read these stories about World War II, we identify with the, with the victims in the story or we identify with the goodies, the good guys. And the challenge is to, you know, look for your flaws and look for your weak areas. That's what I've been really taking out of this, like the four pillars, um, thinking like where's the area that's not that's not on the level with the other two or really, you know, are, can you really honestly say you're firing on any one of those because they're pretty extraordinary definitions, you know, those really amazing facets. And... The scout chapter, like who has been a scout for you or who would you trust with being a scout and why? Like what are the attributes that you admire about them really that sort of shows either something perhaps missing in yourself, like really looking, using it as a hall of mirrors exercise is what I'm trying to say, Mike, you know, like thinking about what's the North Star, what's it all for, what's this in service of, then what are the attributes and the people I've respected most as scouts that I'm not at, that I'm not manifesting myself? And then looking at those four pillars and thinking like, what's the area that's weak? What's the area that I need to work on? And that has been really good for me. Yeah. Go ahead. Is, no, the same, the same for me. And you mentioned the North Star and I heard, you know, this came up in conversation and I, this is true. What's the difference between true North and magnetic North? True north, yeah. True north never, never, never changes. But right. if you look at, and we're talking navigation here, magnetic north. Every year there is a small adjustment, even a fraction. But that's why you have to do your your uh, your calculations right for when you're doing navigation. You know, long range especially because you have one small altercation to the magnetic north, 
over a hundred miles, you're going to miss by 10 miles. Right. So it could just, it magnifies. It's the same thing with this. You know, we, we identify our North star and we're like, this is where we want to go. And, it, and it's fixed. It's a fixed point and it's never going to change. But then we could call our alter direction magnetic North. And it's always going to change as year years go by. It, it's going to evolve and change and we have to evolve and change with it because we're ultimately just trying to get where we want to go. So are we following true north or are we adapting to magnetic north? You know, that can be up to you to decide. But I really liked how that made me think about it as far as like, you know, I'm looking at my compass, you know, of life. Like, where am I going? How am I following it? Uh, and, and that was brought up to me. And I was like, wow, I, I, I guess I, I've heard that kind of before, but not in that manner. And, and I really like the comparison between the two and, and what they mean. Such a good analogy that true north and magnetic north, Mike, because not only does magnet, the magnetic variation change over the years, it actually changes wherever you are on Earth as well. So, you know, in your location, in your journey around the world and across time, like that's going to need continual updating. And there's also large areas on Earth where, you know, like you get into northern Canada, you get far enough north, compasses don't work. Like aircraft that are flying up over the North Pole are not using the magnetic systems. It's very, very complicated navigation needed in those areas. You know, so you can't you can't take one bearing and you're good to go. You know, like the the uh, 747 that's flying from LA to Sydney is not tracking in the right way almost any of the time, less than 1%. It's continually correcting. It's continually updating its track. And that's all you've ever got to do. You know, you don't have to be perfect at any time. You just got to be committed to updating. Right. Like I got, I got uh, an old Navy maritime, you know, like military tattoo on my chest, which is a uh, an old compass rose, like of a ship. And that was, I got that when Annie was little. And, um, you know, that refers to, am I tracking to my true north? Am I worrying about bullshit in life? And invariably, invariably, if I'm worrying about anything, it's it's bullshit. It's not. It's got nothing to do with life or death. It's got nothing to do with the things that I'm most grateful for and that are most precious to me, like my family and health and time together and experiences. And you know, you're nearly always in your own head, stressing about what ifs, playing over conversations that have already happened, thinking, "Man, I should have said this," or. You know, why did that happen? And you just, when you can get back to your, your true values, like having a time of thinking, like after this chapters of um, Tender Warrior or conversations like what we have and getting getting accurately tracking back on the long-term goals that matter to you most. And they don't have to always be the same. Like through life, as we've said, you know, you're going to have new information coming in and you should update your goals, but they should be broadly aligned with your principles. Right. And we all know when we're worrying about trivia, you know, if we're getting worried about freaking consumption of BS and things rather than relationships and time with people. Yeah, but, yeah. I completely agree. And, and you know, just to keep it in this navigation talk, because I think it's a great, you know, it's a great way to, to look at things is, you know, look, look at navigation and look at what's called dead reckoning. So for people that have been around, but what's the purpose of dead reckoning, right? You don't know where, you are, where you're at, right? So you, you can get lost and then you're kind of figuring out where am I at on the map here? 
So what you do is you find, you know, usually at least three, minimum three of locations, and then you triangulate yourself from those three locations to the center point. And you're like, ah, this is where I'm at, or probably where I'm at, or pretty close. So especially flying out in the middle of the ocean, there's not a lot to go off of, right? So you got to be like, oh man, that's, <laughs> you could really mess that up. But, you know, you could do the same with your life. It's kind of like, man, I feel lost. Where should I be? Well, go back to the solid things that you know. And, and, and look at those things and try to triangulate yourself off of those and be like, man, where, where am I at on the map here? Like, we, I don't even know where to start. Right. Well, first you got to figure out where you're at and just look mm. at the fact is like, Hey, this is where I'm at. Uh, and then you can start, you know, going off of them. And I kind of thought those pillars that you guys talked about last week could be part of that triangulation process and, and dead reckoning and be like, where am I yeah. even at? You know, and those four pillars are solid solid to go off of and realize, man, this is where I'm at in my life, maybe as a man or as a father or whatever, you know, anything. Um, Cause you know, it's easy to bullshit yourself. Sure. And to be like, I don't know, I'm good to go sort of thing, you know, like these things, it's, it's, it's easy to have a story that is not true even to yourself in your own mind, you know? And so having that like, like four pillars, like four bearings, that's a really good analogy. Like we did the same thing in the Australian army. And when I was back in the day in scouts, you know, get some peaks, take your back bearings, try and get them spread out far enough that you're going to get a nice, accurate little uh, triangle on the map. The smaller, the better, right? Right. The more accurate. So these four things are pretty spread out. Looking at really different parts of your life. And uh, like Tony talked about, if you have someone that you've got a strong enough relationship with and that speed of trust that Raf talked about, the power of trust that you could get someone you, you, you respect and love who you know will be straight with you to tell you. And it's the missing area that's going to be the thing that gives you power again, right? And like teaching people to navigate this part of flying. And the first step is always where am I now mm-hmm. before where I'm going? It's always more important to know that initial point. Like, and that is 100% true in life. And if yeah. you're bullshitting yourself, if you're bullshitting yourself, there's no chance of you getting where you want to go. Like yeah. you have no power in the world when you are like, no, like my finances are good. My relationships, with my family are great. My interpersonal relationship with friends are awesome. I'm a real leader at work. Like, you know, if you're bullshitting yourself, you're never going to get anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it is very important. I mean, I think we can all sit there and say, like, if we say something and like, what, you know, you talk to yourself, why'd you say that? It's like, oh, because I have, anger or hate against this person. I'm just trying to get a rise out of them or, you know, I'm trying to come off with something better in the moment because I know I'm kind of struggling or I know I haven't been the best product, but I don't want people to know that. So I, I completely agree. And, uh, you know, get, uh, here, I'll throw some, I'll throw some pilot stuff out at you a little bit. I know a little bit melon, you know, you guys think you're all whatever, but you know, it's so important to know where you're at because like you said, you know, as a navigator in, in, in an aircraft, you know, Hey, I need to know where we're at. Like, as soon as I ask about it, hey, where are we at right now? Because one, you're trying to get where you want to go, but there's so many other aircrafts that could be working in you, right? Or, or okay, other people right? in your family or in your life. And these people are flying and trying to get where they need to go and whatever. And if you're going to intersect at a spot, well, number one, you don't want to collide with them, right? And be on a destructive path. So it's like, hey, I need to communicate to you where we're at, where our intention and, and you know, at our status. Um, so you can look at it as other people in your life. 
and they're going, hey, where are you at right now? Because this is where we're at and we're trying to go to the same place and we're coming from different areas, but we, we all want to go to the same spot. Right. So communicating that and it's not just for yourself, but also for the people around you, because if you're just out there, just, you know, you're in your uh, you're in your stack or you're flying in your raws, you know, uh, which, you know, is basically if I'm on the ground uh, everywhere from like 5000 feet all the way up to 30000 feet, there could be an aircraft flying above you at every thousand feet. Right. And they're all there to support me. So, you know, if I'm on the ground as you know, as uh, uh the Mac daddy, you know, talking about being a joint tactical air controller, it's that person's responsibility to control all those aircraft at all those feet, but they also need to be talking as well. But the best thing is that all of those pieces are working in unison. Everybody's there for the same mission. Everybody understands their role and position. So, Hey, I'm supposed to be here and maintain this so I can support the guy above me and the guy below me. Right. And it's, and it's a very clear executed picture because of that and it's pretty cool it's why now it's badass uh speaking from a ground guy when you have a ROS of 10 aircraft above you supporting you because hey i know exactly where you're at so i can drop these bombs they're bringing the 30 mil 30 millimeter you know you know and the 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 show bringing in the steel rain um all of that matters transfer that over to to real life like who's in your stack? Who's in your raws? Yeah. Where are you? Are you guys communicating constantly? Hey, I move 20 feet to the right because uh, this is why I have to be here. Do you understand that? Yes. Okay. Well, I'm going to adjust as well because we're, we're, as I said, we're trying to reach our goal. We're trying to reach a location. We're trying to get to an end point uh, and, and, and win. So uh, there you go. A little bit, a little bit of pilot and aircraft thrown in there from, from a ground guy. It's a hundred percent. It's a hundred percent true. Like these three chapters, the first one about like the wake up call and what's it all for, like what what are you actually trying to do? Then the scout is the one trying to find the way, and then these four pillars as a sense of like how are you actually going in these four critical areas? They work really well together as an analogy. I know that there are times in my life when you know in a squadron prepping for a deployment and then going. And being on ops over Iraq in 03, uh, when the war was on, having a crew, 17 guys in the aircraft who were probably at the professional peak in that period, 03, 04, 05, with different people rotating in and out of the squadron, but just really consistently operating at a, at a, at a peak. And then having downtime, breaking your crew up, getting you guys in, just like you guys do, like going through that training cycle and deploying again. At the times when we were really doing well, it was really clear. We were all on the same sheet in terms of mission. And we all knew what we were trying to do and trying to achieve. And it was really good, clear comms from the commanding officer down, commander of the task group, super clear mission, super clear aim. Everyone's aligned. You're all pushing in that same direction. And you know, really achieving amazing stuff at that time. And, and I then can compare it to other times in different military units where there wasn't that same clarity and then there's much less cohesion and alignment and more floundering around and, you know, wasted effort. So certainly getting that, like, really clear what the weak, what the weak areas were and assigning training tasks to build up 
weaker areas and committing to come in and, you know, build, build those skills that you need individually and as a group, like really taking an honest assessment. And obviously in those military organizations, you get people coming in who have a good hard look and point the finger and, yeah. and, you know, and no one, there's no um, soft debriefs. And, and then, you know, finally you're missing. So that's the four pillar part is really look at these questions, not as, Hey, I'm doing so well. Look at them as like, all right, there are definitely areas for all of us to bring up. And I've been working on uh, a bunch of them myself, you know, like comms in my family with my wife, time with um, friends and family, getting clear about what it is that I'm doing in my life, what I'm up for, what we want to do with the kids and school and stuff. Just uh, there's been a lot of clarity that has come up for me in the last three weeks from having this conversation in the background. It's been really good. That's great, Mel. And, I, and I'm happy. And I see it too, because, you know, we talk offline and I see you and Cherry and, you know, different things. And, and, and it's just great to see you guys when you start off in the morning, you know, she, you know, she's making you coffee or some stuff before you head out and your little melon has a little baby pinky cup, by the way, it's, it's like the size that a, that a child should have for a tea party. And he drinks out of it <laughs> with his pinky up and I'm not lying. It's blue. So just, just so you know, this is Melon getting up in the morning. He's 240 pounds and, you know, whatever. Uh, and he's drinking out of a little sippy cup. It's really cute. But uh, we, call it a, we call it espresso. Sure you do. So, <laughs> but uh, they, they get up and start their morning and they're always, they're always, uh, you know, they're not always super cheerful or anything, but you can see there's a, there's a connection there and they're communicating even maybe without talking. It's just the actions and stuff that they talk about in the morning, the way they start off. And, and, and I see it all the time. So, we go in and out of phase, right? Like every human being on earth, we have good times when things are connecting easily and the sign curve is aligned and we're going up and, you know, and then there are times when we're out of phase and we've had that recently as well. But these last three weeks, definitely we've had really good conversations and really honest assessments. And because some of the invitations in the back of these chapters were like, get your, get your partner to read this oh, yeah. and, and the, take the questions for you. Like, you know, and being willing to hear that from someone that you love and trust and, you know, has actually got your, has got your actual best interests in their heart rather than just wanting you to feel good in the moment or they're yeah. willing to really give it to you where you need it. Right. No, yeah. you know, and it's not like, it's not like it's not a, you know, that you do are sucking on the lemon, you're getting that. <laughs> but if you get past that, then you're back in a state of power, right? You're like, if the problem is inside me, I can control it. Whereas if the problem is outside me and occurring to me, like from life, like my boss is an asshole and the weather's shit and taxes and dot, dot, dot. You're just giving all your power away. Whereas if you're like, no, no, it's me. You know, I said these things to that person and this is why that relationship went downhill. Not because they're an asshole. It was me. Right. It's, you know, a bit of, it's a bit of pill for about 10 minutes. And then you're like, all right, well, I can sort that out. And the power's back on my side. Yeah. And you also got to look too. Are you, are you trying to, are you trying to improve the, you know, just the immediate moment, which could be, you know, the next hour or just today, or are you, are you saying and doing things that are going to ultimately be a positive for you for a long period? You know, also, you know, it's, it's making tough decisions. It's just like, okay, I don't like this moment right now. I don't like where I'm at. So I'm just going to say or do something to cover it up. You know, it's, it's kind of like sweeping it under, under the rug, but guess what? 
it's going to crawl out from under the rug tomorrow morning. Yeah, hundred percent. And it's going to keep coming back and revisiting you until you're like, okay, I need to make a hard, tough decision. I don't want this thing to show its face anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm losing energy. I'm exhausted. I want to get better. I want to be better. And trying to get to that point to do it for the long term is, I think, the hard part because it's uncomfortable. You know, we, and we've talked about that. And like the, um, you know, the seven four seven flying from LA to Sydney, you don't have to be, it don't have to be perfect all the time. And it's the same with DR navigation when we're flying. You, you're moving the whole time, so you're not. It's not exactly the same as when I was on the ground in the army. But it's like plus or minus. Just just be going the right way and trust that you're going to have to do an update later. Like yeah. you're sort of going northeast, go a bit northeast, find a, a hill and a and a lake and a river, and you know update and keep, don't sit still. You know what I mean? You got there's there is no sitting still. You're on a you're on a trajectory in life, and just. Trust that in the future you're going to be doing another update, but but you do have to take stock and be like, what is the area in my life that's holding me back at the moment, mm-hmm. and put some put some attention on it. Yeah. And if you're lucky enough to have some people you trust, some scouts in your life, get them to give you some feedback, yeah. or some great pilots. <laughs> if you got some like a man test, uh, yeah. uh, ask some people for some feedback. That's a challenge for the listeners this week. Yeah. Yeah, some you know, people you know and love. Yeah, it could, you know, it could be the pilot or the navigator. I heard a story not too long ago that all navigators are failed pilots. I don't know. I don't know if that's true. Oh, I, I might just I might just got under some skin there a little bit for some listening, maybe, but um it's it's cool. Uh just remember everybody has a job and uh, both can offer great advice. You don't have to have a piece of metal or a title to be able to have great input. Um, there's a there's a role for everyone, wagon master, scout. Everyone has a job. That's right. So I heard a rumor, uh, Mike, that you had some reader listener questions that have been sent in. I did. So I had a couple that were sent in, and also I had one. So you said in the last three weeks you've had improved communication. The last three days for me, I've had improved communication. Uh, one along with my own mother. Uh, that was the other day and uh shout out shout out much respect and love to mike's mom (laughs) yeah she's an amazing woman uh that's yeah she just is she makes me smile i'm I'm smiling right now when i think of my mom yeah you are she's awesome yeah um yeah but I, i got a couple and uh you know this this one i saw it was on uh from uh followers on facebook actually and it popped up on there uh from a good friend of mine, a former Green Beret, actually from uh, he was in during the eighties, and uh, he he's a uh, he runs a gun range now, and I, I've gone there and shoot about it. But he listens and he comments on on things. And um, one of the questions was, "Will you be okay with not being who you are right now in the future?" All right. So what he related it to was uh, he he heard about the warrior piece. Uh, with the four the four pillars and him being a former soldier former green beret uh, warrior no doubt are you are you going to be okay in the future when you're no longer holding that job or that title and where are you going to be and i'd just like to add this part on to it is he shared a story that was awesome he said you know i was sitting with my grandson a few, uh, you know, a year or two ago, and uh, he has a gun room 
right? Like a hunting room and stuff. And he's like, yeah. And it, we were looking through my old basic training book and there's a picture of me as a young man and, you know, looking through it. And his grandson looked at him and says, you know, grandpa, were you a soldier? And he says, yes, I was. And he goes, was it cool? Was it neat? And he goes, yes, it was. It was, it was very cool. Very neat. And his, he's like all seriousness. His grandson looked up at him and he goes, and now you're just a grandpa. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he just he's a savage. Yeah. He's a he, savage. But he looked at him and he said, he, he's, he looked at him and he smiled and he said, yeah, I'm just a grandpa now. And, and he, he took pride in that. Um, yeah. But he also said, but you come after my grandson or you do anything to my family, that warrior will be right back at the forefront. I was just going to say, you know, we, you know I, know, I know a few SF guys and none of those guys ever, ever have to worry about that particular pillar. You know what I mean? And I, I would also like to say that the, that pillar of warrior is not a fighter like the word is chosen carefully and you know you can be a warrior for your family you can be a warrior getting out and going to work every day to gather resources for the people you love you mm -hmm. can be you can be a warrior in business be worrying your team you can be worrying the community like there's sort of like a fierce element of manhood that's captured inside that and it it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily relate to combat, but it is someone who's a bit dangerous. They've got a capability and a capacity, but it doesn't necessarily have to be anything to do with physical. There's, yeah. there's, plenty, of, there's plenty of people who can be absolutely fierce and determined and committed warriors who are not necessarily gifted physically. Right. I heard a you great know? definition of a warrior is... A warrior is the ability to do a scary slash courageous act or to invoke violence when necessary. But mm. what defines him is the discipline to control it and his judgment on when to use it is what yeah. separates him from a savage. Yes. So, yes, that's right. Yeah. There's a protective element, I think, included in that title, you know, like a, a fierce mother wolf. You know, there's a lot of alpha alpha mums out there looking after their little uh, wolf cubs. And like talking about will you be okay with not being who you are now in the future, I think that that question was given to you talking about being an SF operator specifically mm -hmm. as, a, as a like your career that there'll be a chapter that comes after this chapter. Yes. But it's interesting, you know, and, and I, I'm like, you'll take all the things, you know, I'm now in a, a post-military career now doing, um, you know, flying instructing and so on. And I don't feel any less of a person than what I was, you know, like you'll take all of those attributes with you as you move through life. Mm -hmm. And I have skill sets I have that now that I never had as a younger man, more patience and, you know, probably the mentoring pillar is really strong for me now. Like I've got a lot of experience in that particular one. 18 years of marriage, successful marriage, you know, like happy. And, um, but I would say all of those things, like a career is not your identity, you know, a, 
a job and a calling, a vocation can be a wonderful thing, a career that um, gives you, a, it, it can capture a lot of that stuff around your North Star, like what you're up for in life, like what your commitments are, can be part of, if you're blessed, that, that can be part of the search for resources as part of the job, you know, like you're out there doing that to get the resources in. But that's not who you are. Right. You know, like separating identity from career is a thing that men have difficulty with sometimes. And certainly, certainly military guys yes. and pilots, like nearly every pilot, if you, are, if you ask them to talk about themselves in the beginning, will start with their job, you know, like their career. And I would say that that's a limitation because I had a great instructor back when I was on the Hornet and his name was Hoskinson, Hosco. And he, one night at the bar, was brought us all around a drinks and was like, here's to another week of um, strapping on an aircraft and going flying and landing because one day you'll do it for the last time. Right. And, and if you're lucky, you'll know it's the last one. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely, man. You know, I, I, my mom asked me this question as well, because I brought it up to her and, and she turned and looked at me and she goes, you know what? I was going to ask you the same thing. And I, and I said, okay. I was like, you know, am, am I comfortable? Will I be comfortable when this is over of moving on and not being any, she said, not being anybody special. Now she's my mom. So of course, you know, all moms and their kids are, you know, you're special. Um, but she understands like what I've signed on to do and what I've been doing for a decade and a half. And I, I looked at my mom without hesitation and I said, absolutely, I'll be okay with it. And she goes, how do you know? I would love to know how you just know. And I said, well, to be honest is because I'm a better man now than I'll ever be as an operator. And I know that because I've put so much work and investment into the what's important in life that I've really learned the last year and a half, two years. Okay. And that's being completely transparent. This hasn't, I, I wasn't always determined to be this thing that, you know, that I think I've, that, I've, that oh, I know that I've become, but I always say, you know, I, I acknowledge some things that, you know, as you said, Melon, it's going to end one day and I'll be lucky to know, if it is the last day, because I could go to work tomorrow, you know, get hurt and my career is over. And, you know, I always said before, if I go to work on Monday and get hurt, when I wake up Tuesday morning, am I still going to be me? And I can wholeheartedly say yes. A little piece of metal on my uniform does not define me as a man. It, it's, it's what I do. It's where I apply my energy and some passion. And, you know, I, I love what I do. I absolutely do, but take it away from me. That's not going to stop me from trying to achieve other things in my life or building relationships or uh, being able to sit and listen to a child or mentor a child, you know, or be your friend, you know, anybody, I, I take pride in, you know, when I hear it, I don't search for it, but I, I, I listen when I hear it, when people tell me thank you uh, for helping them out in a hard time or just listening sometimes. That's purpose. And not everybody can do that. 
And that, you know, I'm not saying I'm better at all. You know, it's just something that I've invested my time in and building those relationships. That's not going to stop me because you say, oh, hey, by the way, you can't wear this piece of metal anymore that you're you're out of the military. Oh, wow. Well, I guess I don't matter anymore. No, 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 no. <laughs> I've already acknowledged that it's going to end whenever it wants to or whenever it's going to. But I'm not going to end until you put me in the coffin and nothing's going to change. You know, I just want to get better. And, and I'm fine, man. So, you know, that was the answer I gave to my own mother. And she just kind of looked at me and nodded her head and gave me this little, you know, shitty grin that she always has sometimes. And she just, you know, she she liked that answer, you know. Yeah, it's a good answer, man. Like, it, it is. And and I, I think that there's that same guy, Posco, another night, having another cold drink with him on a Friday and celebrating having gotten through another week. He, he, the same thing he said to me, there's plenty of guys who come to the end of their 20 years in the Air Force or whatever, at whatever stage they stop flying, they get promoted. And he's like, they'll have their last flight and they go home to an empty house with an ex-wife and kids that they don't see. Mm-hmm. And that's that was at that time anyway, rife in the Australian fast jet community where we, you know, really long hours was normal. Weekend work was normal high deployment rate and you know what's it all for really and if you're not careful and if you don't think about these things it can end up being a, a too much of a focus on self or career and not enough focus on the other parts of those four pillars right thinking about family thinking about relationships mm-hmm. yeah you know, and having a maturity having a maturity being able to to recognize and enjoy and really take the beautiful moments out of this chapter and looking forward and planning and building for the next one. Yeah. You know, because we're on an arc, all of us are on an arc. Yeah. You know, it's actually kind of exciting to think about that question really opened up probably about a three hour conversation off with, with my mom, just talking about that and, you know, military service and stuff I've been through because I'm approaching my 15 year mark and, um, you know, having a brother that was on here, you know, uh, and served as well. And a bunch shout of out to Jeremy. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to my brother, Jeremy, man. I love you. Um, I'm proud of you too. Uh, just, uh, you know, it, it was great. It was just a great conversation that led down a, a, a really good road. Um, I, I learned more about my own, my own mother, you know, as a woman who's a double hatter, you know, we talked about single, single parents that have to be the wagon in the scout. Well, you know, I learned a lot about my mother uh, in the last three days. That's stuff I've never known my entire life. And I can see the struggles and why she is the, you know, the way she is. And the other question that kind of came up as well is uh, after all you've been through, why are you the way you are? And that's a loaded question. And I guess the lesson that I took from it is I need to be more aware of people in my life and why they are the way are and not be so quick to judge because I don't know fully what's going on. And, and I've, I've heard that before and I, I, I think I've practiced it some, but it just goes to show I didn't even know my own mother the way I should. <laughs> some things I wish I didn't know, uh, but also I'm glad I know. 
Um, my grandmother died last year and my mom shared with me. She said, you know, I, I, I love grandma and, you know, I miss her and just uh, heartfelt and it was beautiful. But she said also too, my, my mother never really opened up about a lot of things and I didn't understand fully why she was the way she was until recently, maybe within the last month or two that my mom's just realizing some of these things. And she goes, you know, I wish I would have had some of these conversations. I wish I would have understood the person that she was. And I was like, wow, have I taken the time to really under, not just get to know, but to understand the people in my life. And again, that led to a, probably another hour conversation, you know, with, with, with sitting there outside and, and the, and the, uh, by the fire pit, you know, with my mom and, uh, man, just big three days. <laughs> Go ahead. Man. It's, it's huge, Ron. And, and those, um, those conversations inside a family or with, with people, when you've got that depth of, um, you know, they have to be a really lifelong friend to be approaching like a, a personal relationship, like the one you have inside your family. But any time when I've, had a sense of judgment around someone and there's been a, a conversation where, you know, I've been able to put my own thoughts or impressions or judgments of them aside and really get into their life and understand what, what has been going on for them. I've always come away with a totally different view. You know, when you can be like, that person's an asshole, you know, like, that they're great on me or the relationship is a certain way. And when you actually get into what, what has been going on in their life, I've never had the experience afterwards of thinking, um, you know, like, yeah, I knew everything. Like people, everyone has a hard time. Like everyone has scars mm -hmm. and, you know, trauma lasts a lifetime and there's no one who's, no one is free from trauma. I love and, that. And, and, and asking and really getting into someone else's life and their world and figuring it out. It's freaking humbling. Like I have, I've had humble pie from some of those conversations. Yeah. I, uh, I, I like that you said that Melon, because, you know, I, I say, I want to invest my, some more time in understanding the way people, the, the way they are, you know, and uh, you know, I, the people in my life, I think they hold me to a higher standard or when they hear me talk now the way I am because I'm more balanced. Um, there's def I definitely notice a shift and a change on how people are around me. They like listening to me talk. And, and I just talk. Like, honestly, I'm not trying to sell you on anything. I'm just talking and I have really good in-depth conversation. And I, they can see the difference. I just, for me personally, I, I hope people take the time to understand. Yeah, like I'm 33, man. And I had conversations with people in my family in their sixties and seventies today, this morning at breakfast. And they're just kind of like, wow, like, <laughs> how did you get to this point already at, you know, 33 years old and out of confidence, but I'm being honest, it's because, I've been through so much adversity and, and uh, put myself in the tough places that I've been broken mentally, physically, and emotionally. 
uh, very bad through so many life experiences already because I've exposed myself to them. Um, <laughs> I hope people for me would take the time to listen to what I've been through so they can understand where I'm coming from that, uh, you know, not your average, right? I'm not your average 33 year old. And I don't mean that as being like, I'm better or, oh, look at me. No, 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 no. I've just been through a lot of things that I want people to just listen to me sometimes and understand that I am a balanced person because I've been broken so many times and been through so many terrible things. And I've taken the time through great mentors, warriors, kings, and friends who've all influenced me and shown me wonderful paths to become some, something better out of all of that. And I, I want that because I, I don't want to just get labeled as this, you know, oh, he's a solid dude or, oh, this, that, whatever. I, I really want people to know what I've been through, mm. my, fa my family, my closest friends, just to understand me more. Because sometimes I feel, and this is being truthful, sometimes I feel I can't connect with people on my own level as meaning like age group, I guess, because I've been through so much and some people are just trying to like, they haven't learned these lessons yet. And I can tell them till they're blue in their face, but they haven't felt them yet. They haven't really grieved from them yet. They haven't learned from them yet. And I, it's hard for me to communicate with them because I, I do feel like I'm on level 10 sometimes and they're still around four and it's not a competition. It is not. It's just where I feel like I'm at in my life. And I wish people would just kind of understand me a little bit more, if that makes sense. Yeah. I'm sure everybody feels that way. Everybody's been through adversity. Everybody's had tough times and they are the way they are. And, you know, I guess everybody could just say, I wish people would take the time to really get to know me more than face value. The, the thing that is, um, I know that we, we talk a lot offline, you men, Raf, and all three of us have had very, uh, we've all had traumatic experiences and we've all had very hard um, instances professionally and in our personal lives and near-death experiences and just genuinely very hard mm -hmm. experiences. And I think we connect on a level when we, like we stay open to, to life and not closing off and moving forward and being like, what's the lesson I can take from this and how can I, like staying open after all of our traumatic experiences with Aang. And there's a lot of near-death stuff there. And then dealing with Cherry's cancer when she had cancer, you know, and being, op being open to sharing that and talking about that with people and not from a position of I'm better than you, but just that like, I have no doubt that the person I'm talking to has had something, something in their life mm -hmm. like that. And you being able to talk to people from a position of being a special forces soldier who has had near-death experiences and has had trauma and has had has had that affect you negatively 
and you have found treatment and found your way through that. And then you were able to reach back and let other people know, like acting as a scout in a way with trauma. Mm-hmm. There's not that many people who are willing to talk about it. There's not that many people who are really willing to address like what really was happening and what they really did to get through it. Well, what I kind of look at it is not a, not so much a scout. I, I mean, yes, I could be a scout because it's a lot of the trout. Like I, I'd feel completely comfortable being, hey, Mike, you're going to be the scout for the wagon today. And I'm going to go, okay, yeah, I got it. You can trust me. I, I'm going to give it everything I got. You got me. No problem. But I think of myself more as the mentor when I, when it comes to this mentor is not just like, Hey, tell me what to do. Mentor is about education and and giving people the why and helping them understand Mm. the why, you know, I can have all the knowledge in the world, but if I don't share it and being able to put it out there of being like, Hey, this is what could happen, or this is why this maybe happened or whatever. uh, I'm, I'm not a mentor, you know, I'm a selfish King, if you will, you know, I'm a dictator, maybe I'm a, you know, whatever, a tyrannical person. So uh, I view myself in my life right now with these four pillars is like, hey, I need to step up to be a mentor. That's that's what I believe we're doing with the podcast is this is mentorship. This is this is putting the education. This is putting the why and the what out to there and and trying to pull that framework. So uh, that's how I view it. And, and one of the key parts about mentoring, like you're not lecturing, you know, like you're modeling, modeling behavior like with children or with a group and trying to impart knowledge. Like you need to know before you can impart knowledge. Like you have to know how to do it yourself. Yeah. And like we have met amazing people through this. Like the people that we've been blessed to talk with in this and share their knowledge and, and take some of their points and share it out into our community, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's a, it's, it's a, it's the, you know, it's all about the journey, man. Don't, don't worry about the finish line. Enjoy the journey and the people who are in the race with you and the, the training, the adversity, all the stuff to get through it. Like once the finish line, the finish line is going to be there, you know, you, you're going to get to that finish line and then, and then what? You know, hey, you ran the Boston Marathon. I think that's a going on this weekend or something anyway. But, you know, hey, you ran a Boston Marathon. Great. What comes after? Is that is that it? Is that your Al Bundy moment? You're going to talk about it for the rest of your life? <laughs> or, or are you going to pull some lessons out of the training and the, the months and months and months, maybe years that it took you to get to that level and to take everything, apply it to the next chapter after the finish line, and then also give it to the people that come to you and go, Hey, you ran a marathon once, right? Yes, I did. How did you, where did you start? What did you do to get there? That should excite you to pass it on with how much experience and knowledge and passion and everything else is just like, wow, now I can share that with someone, you know, that Mm -hmm. should be a great feeling. And, uh, I know the three of us, I know I know it's a great feeling for the three of us, man. That's why we were on episode 66 and we didn't start at the end of episode six. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't end at the, at the end of it, you know? So. Yeah. 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 Yep. Well, Q and a, and a chat with um, Mel and Mike shout out to Tio who's off pursuing uh, goals and doing some of that, some of this stuff for his family. So we had a discussion there about Stu Weber 
and and these three chapters have really like I don't want to underplay this. It's really been something I've thought about a lot during the week leading up to each episode, and I've been thinking about the impact on me. And I'm like, I'm, look, I'm looking back at four weeks at the moment. I'm like, I have definitely shifted things in my personal life just from thinking and talking, and then conversations I've had with my wife as well. So. I think getting clear on your what's it all for, find your North Star, thinking about scout. And if, you, if you're if you like, honestly, like, no, I don't think I'm good to go as a scout at the moment. Who are people you have used as scouts or who are people you've looked up to and what are their attributes that have attracted you? And then look at those four pillars in the area where you're missing. And there's going to be power that's going to come on the other side of that little bit of moment of thinking, yep, I've let myself down here. I have not been... X, I've not been a really good friend, like that relationship I can follow up and then you'll get the power back. Magnetic North versus true North. We need to continually update and over time, what worked yesterday won't work tomorrow. And just remember the 747 flying from LA to Sydney, it's very, very rarely exactly on track and they keep updating and they get there in the end. So Mike and Mellon, episode 66, shout out to Tio Raff, and uh, to all of you, we love uh, getting questions in and reviews. We love it. Share it out into your community. And until next week, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see you then. Take it easy.